Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Masterful Collaborations podcast brought to you by GMCC in partnership, of course, with the many people and organizations that help bring forth an equitable structure for collaboration and power sharing in areas of food, youth, and well-being. Well, for the second year in a row now, GMCC is honored to be supporting and growing with a masterful technical collaboration uh, serving GMCC's focus on youth. The Genius Labs at the the GMCC Digital Cafe is an out-of-school studio learning experience that we learned about last year, actually, after a very successful inaugural effort that focused on the development of digital technology skills through hands-on activities that foster creativity, independence, critical thinking, and self-awareness. And one of the things we learned last year is that one of the biggest residual benefits of it was the actual confidence in the young people uh, that went through the program. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that today as well. So both uh, both high-tech but, uh, but high-touch as well. So the program, anyways, back for a second year. Kind of neat. We're actually talking uh, to our leaders uh, before the program launches, uh, whereas last year we kind of did a little bit of a recap. It's going to be fun to talk about what's in store for this summer. And so it's back for a second year with some familiar faces and voices that you're going to hear uh, and, and uh, some new ones that we're going to hear from. Uh, and uh, there's going to be a focus uh, uh, on, 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 on the role that parents play that families play, and uh, but a lot of continuing commitment to providing young people with both the skills and, as I said, the confidence to fully realize their own genius. So today, we are lucky to have Nezra Cummings, who is the new principal lead instructor, uh, Jeremy Wong, who you met last year, who's one of the founders, and Reynolds Anthony Harris, also someone you met last year, who's a consultant, architect, all-around genius in his own right. Uh, and they're all here today to remind us of the genius behind the Genius Labs, uh, give us an update on its impact, and to share with us the big plans ahead. So good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thank good you. Morning. Good morning. All right, well, we're going to go through a little bit of introductions, and Nezra, just uh, heads up, we're going to put you on the hot seat here, because you're the new one here. So <laughs> okay, gotta, you know, okay. Gonna, but I actually want to start, uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, Dr. Wong, I want to mm-hmm. start with you first. So you're, as we, as we met last year, uh, you're one of the founders of this program. Uh, you've had a year now to be learning and re-engineering, and also just as one of the founders, there's a lot of you know personal investment in it. So mm-hmm. a year later, mm-hmm. and now we're about I don't know almost ten days out from from year two. What's going through your mind? How 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 are you reflecting on this upcoming year two of Genius Labs? Well, you know it's funny you say that because this is actually the first time that I've been back in our space for a while. So we're we're actually recording from the Digital Cafe Genius Lab. Um, in one of the one of the breakout rooms, so um, so there's a lot of feelings that come back, a lot of memories that come back from last year, yeah. um, how we use the space and um, and the fun stuff that happened in here. So um, so you know, as I reflect on last year and moving into this year, um, I'm just really excited about what happened last year and um, and the growth that we saw in, in our students, um, but also looking forward to this year um, seeing. The different things that we're going to be bringing into this space, um, new students, anticipating new students in the space, um, hopefully some returning as well. Yeah. Um, but then, um, but then also working with new staff um, and uh, working with Nesra and Allende, um, I'm really looking forward to that. And in um, this new curriculum that we're uh, that we're shaping up and getting ready to go 
uh, in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, we're coming right to you now, so I'm just I'm, <laughs> okay, let, I'm, I'm letting you get your bearings here. I'm gonna, <laughs> I got you. one more. So uh, Reynolds Anthony, you were also here last year, and, and you have a unique role here uh, at the Genius Labs, but with a lot of other programs that you've got your hands in here at GMCC, you know, you've got really the whole ecosystem of, of GMCC in mind when you're architecting and, and, and helping guide. You're, you're never too hands-on. You're, you're just appropriately guiding and, and sort of, you know, uh, kind of whispering in people's ears. How about for you this last year, you know, as you've seen, you know, this program, you know, in the constellation of what GMCC is doing, how is it fitting? And especially now that you are, you know, coming on year two, how is it, how is this growth going to be sort of fueling the overall sort of, you know, growth and positioning of GMCC? Well, as you know, uh, we've been working for the last two years on sort of an architecture for the whole organization, and that's underway. And when um, I arrived, we took a good look at what was the sort of programmatic or initiative uh, uh, structure here and made decisions to focus on youth well-being and food, as you know, Jeffrey. Um, What I'm excited about is we spent this past winter doing a deep dive understanding our immediate community, which we define as the Lake Street Corridor. Mm -hmm. We did analysis of families, number of children, et cetera, and that's really informed the approach we've taken this year in terms of recruiting students. And uh, we're excited to report that we have a diverse set of students who reflect this community uh, mainly through our partner schools, which we didn't have in place this time last year, so we've got some great schools, anything from Briss and Christ to uh, Cristo Rey to uh, uh, some of the local churches in the community. Hope Academy. And Hope Academy, which mm-hmm. has really been, yeah, has been with a number of students coming from Hope Academy, and we're very excited about that. Um, and then I would say that from, a, from the pedagogy standpoint, we learned from last year. We've sort of had time to let it simmer. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the... Um, uh, key pieces of what goes into a genius lab, which is very different than if you're in a traditional classroom, we've been able to keep and sort of build upon those. Hmm. Uh, And then of course, I'm really excited about the two key instructors, our principal instructors, certainly, who we'll hear from, Hmm. and uh, her partner who can't be with us this morning, but uh, we'll talk about that was a strategic decision on my behalf to bring uh, this level of uh, capacity to this work along with Dr. Wong and I. Yeah, perfect. All right, well, Nestor, that's it. That's your intro. (laughs) You've had, had by by my watch, you know, you've had seven minutes to get ready. All right. (laughs) Sounds good. I'm ready. So, and we're going to talk, we're going to go back a little bit in in, in a little bit to just to remind everybody of kind of the underpinnings of what Genius Lab is trying to do. But now it's you. So tell us about, before you even get into what you're going to do here, give us a little bit of background. You've got a lot of of great experience that you're bringing to this role as principal instructor, just tell us a little bit about uh, about Nezra. Yes, so I originally grew up in the Twin Cities. I graduated from Central High School, go Minutemen. Yeah. Um, after high school, I knew I wanted to go to a historically black college. Um, I went on an amazing college tour when I was a junior in high school and it just opened my eyes to what an historically black college is. Yeah. Um, And so I attended the Hampton University, the illustrious Hampton University, Uh, graduated with my bachelor's in psychology with a focus on marriage and family. Um, 
during college, I had the opportunity, actually I got the alley-oop from Mr. Harris, thank you, to get a job at Breakthrough Twin Cities, which is a summer program that really just works with underserved youth in closing the opportunity gap. And so I don't wanna call it summer school because it was anything but, but it had a really large academic focus. We went through classes, science, math, um, ELA, which was split into reading and writing, um, but we really, paid special attention to making it fun, making it engaging, making sure that students run to school or run to breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And that was through like music in the hallways, dancing, letting students choose what they want to do for recess, like so much student choice and just things that are outside of school, which reminds me of Genius Labs. Um, after that, I knew I wanted to get into teaching. So I applied to a graduate program that I committed to teach four years at Kitt Metro Atlanta schools, and then they would fund my graduate school. And so I just finished my fourth year um, teaching reading at um, a Kip school in Atlanta, Georgia. And it has just been like such a journey. I've learned so, so much. And now I'm just excited to take those skills and things I've learned and just put it into Genius Labs because yeah. it's just been such a journey these past four years, like good, bad, and otherwise. Yeah, well, and Dr. Wong, I mean, seriously, when you were, when you were concocting what you wanted to be accomplishing, and, and, you know, because I know you've got a, a great background as well in serving youth and in innovative ways, I mean, you couldn't have engineered a better in, lead instructor. I mean, I'm listening to this this uh, this resume. It's like, okay, well, this is you're pretty much built for this. So, why don't you talk about not only how happy you were when you found Nestra, but remind us a little bit about what you're trying to do here at, at yeah, Genius Labs. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll just say the yesterday uh, Nestra and I were meeting, and I don't mean to blow up your spot, but okay. she was like, uh, you know, I'm a little nervous about you know what this is going to look like and everything. Yep. And I said. You know, don't worry. You have all the skills yeah, you need. Yeah, he did. You, you got everything. You're, you're the whole package. You don't have to Thank worry about you. it. So, um, so you know that exactly as you said, Jeff. You know, I, I we're we're so happy to have uh, Nestor on board, and um, and you know what we're trying to accomplish here is um, is to really bring the best that we know about in terms of. Um, STEM teaching, mm -hmm. in terms of um, instruction, in terms of creativity. Uh, how do we foster all those things in students um, to the best of our ability and, um, and do it in an innovative way? In, in, and not just innovation for innovation's sake, but innovation for learning's sake. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and that comes back to the studio model that, um, that we continue to try to um, to to push forward, and that looks very different than than a traditional classroom. At, at times, it will look like a traditional classroom. We'll you know we'll meet in the morning, um, gather, um, do introductory icebreakers, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, but at the end of the day, we want students to create. We want students to ideate, to iterate, to do all the things that um, that are required when you are making something from nothing yeah. um, and and to give them those skills that they need uh, to be successful at it. So yeah. um, so this year, what we're really excited about is um, and, and I'm still working on the on the exact theme because we keep talking about the theme, but we don't necessarily. So I just wrote down um, growing a genius garden. Mm -hmm. So that's like that. the, the theme that we're going after is is really has to do with planting 
um, with plants. Um, but at the end of the day, what we want students to come to design for is um, is they're going to be designing um, plant grow, uh, grow boxes for plants um, that are specifically designed for their community. Mm. So, um, so that sounds pretty simple, but there's a lot of things that go into that. So understanding who you're designing for, the context that you're designing for, um, doing research on what's been done before mm-hmm. and what works and what doesn't work. Um, what do plants need to grow? What kinds of plants are we going to grow? Um, who are we designing this for? Yeah. What do they need? What kinds of plants do they want? What do, what do plants provide for them? How do, they, how do plants nourish their lives? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that, the time, even though we might think, oh, we're just going to jump in and, and make something, um, is going to be spent understanding the context, understanding the goal, understanding the constraints, and then developing the skills that they need to um, to be to successfully create the thing that they have come up with in their minds. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that, and I think the garden is such a great metaphor. I mean, there's so it's so deep. You can go in so many mm-hmm. different directions. And Nessar, I, what I love about your background academically, and, and probably sounds like even in practice, is this the role that the gardeners, okay, going back to your mm-hmm. garden here, mm-hmm. play. So when you think of young people and their support system, you said you had your background in family, you know, relationships or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it was. How how are you now as you're, you know, getting ready to come to work first day and you're going to have all these little 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 adults, uh, <laughs> but but knowing that, you know, the the big adults in their lives are they play a pretty important role. How, how are you coming into that? How are you bringing your background and your sensibility into this garden motif, if you will, for the summer? Yeah, that's a um, really, really great question. And it's something that we're still developing, but I can think about the first meeting we had with Jeremy and Allende, who was unable to be here, Mr. Harrison. The one, that, the one thing that we all said was, parent involvement is vital. And mm-hmm. so I remember one of our first meetings, we were like, we need to schedule something at the start of the program to increase parent buy-in, which is so important because once you have parents on board, the support that you get when you can't physically be there is just like unparalleled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we thought about, okay, then we also want to give parents frequent updates. So it's not just like you're sending your kid to Genius Labs, what's going on, but parents or caretakers are able to see the amazing work that we are doing. Yeah. And then also the thing I'm really, really excited about is at the end of the summer, we're gonna have an exhibition and that's always an amazing opportunity just to see, okay, within these four weeks, what did we create? What did we learn? And then giving students the opportunity to actually present verbally and, and share out with their families um, and loved ones what they did. And I would just say like drawing from my experiences teaching, I worked at a school that was really, really big on parent involvement. We called parents every two weeks, gave them updates. We did parent frequent like drop-ins. And so even though this isn't a um, school, like a full year school, we still want to bring in those aspects where we always have a touch point with parents and they know that we're, they're partners with us in this work. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember even from last year, you know, this is not this is not a drop-off program. This isn't like a camp where like you drop off your kid and come back in a couple weeks and then you you go off and do all your whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, it's neat to hear how it's just becoming more and more 
kind of structured and formalized with that that role that parents play. Reynolds, you know, there's also, uh, going back to the garden, which I just love, uh, but not only a metaphorical connection, but also a literal connection back to what GMC does around food. How, and I don't mean to read into it too much, but how much as you do kind of have this role of kind of seeing how everything kind of fits, how is that? How is that? Maybe uh, a part. Pardon the pun here. Although I've, I've come to realize there's no pun that really isn't intended. You know when people say, "Oh, no pun intended." Like, no, you meant it. it. Is intended. So yeah. as I'm thinking yeah. in my head, I'm like, "Yeah, I do kind of mean this." But like, is this at all? You know, planting any seeds? There it was. Um, for anything that may you know kind of create more of a horizontal connection point across GMCC or is yeah, it just kind well, of Yeah well what you don't know uh, Jeffrey is that we have been funded to do Genius Labs with our native brothers and sisters in White Earth hmm. and uh, we're going to launch that next year That's great uh, um, The thread if, as you would say uh, through all of this is the understanding of nature and science and cultivation and uh, how we must come to learn to love our planet and that all our cultures have a deep historical mythologies and meanings around the soil and the sun mm-hmm. and, and design. And we're bringing that into this space because it's really steam. Uh, and it's a mixture of art, science, math. And I believe there's math in every question that one could ask. And mm-hmm. I believe that having been a middle school teacher myself back in Oakland, California, um, my students told me that black people don't do math. And uh, that was the beginning of the school year. But at the, at the begin, end of the school year, they were well into algebra and understood the history of math, where it came from, and where it plays out in their lives. So it, they've got to see, they've got to experience math as something that is beyond a worksheet. Mm-hmm. And I'll just have to say that this is a longer strategy for GMCC to offer in this community and also across Minnesota with some of our other communities, an opportunity for kids to get exposed to our deep environmental commitments, our deep farming background, to understand that farming is not uh, a one cultural, monocultural thing. We've got Hmong farmers, we have Somali farmers, we have African-American farmers. We have, and really the, the cool thing is, and the kids are gonna get to see this, is that farming is heavily, a lot of technology. So even if you're going to run a small family organic farm, Mm -hmm. there's a big technology point. So you've got to be, I was in Hawaii in January and I visited a farm that was totally run by solar. How does that happen? What is required? What kind of degree do you need? What kind of technical skills do you need? Mm -hmm. We've been reaching out to our friends at Dunwoody to understand that and kids will get exposed to people from a variety of of industries and, and places around that whole notion is that you really come to life with a set of blessings that get to be transformed into skills and that those skills over the course of your life will change many times. You have an opportunity to expose those. And I think Jeremy said something earlier. It's really being able to, you know, the old folks used to say, or my ancestors would say, you got to make a way out of no way. And I think that making a way out of no way, what is the skill, what are the skills required to make a way out of no way? And that I think is really the challenge facing our young people today, as things are just not gonna be locked down the way they they were when you and I were in school. Uh, You you gotta come out of school with a set of skills and your capacity to be able to turn on a dime, 
uh, or make a way out of no way because something's happened in COVID yeah. or whatever. Totally, totally. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, and I totally agree. You know, we're, 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 if we're not past it yet, we're very soon past the point of thinking, well, we'll do some technology stuff too. It's like technology is everything. You yes. know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's about it. But you know, I, I love what you're saying about, you know, making a way to no way, the skill building. And yet, Dr. Wong, I would think that you would also, even, even though you're gonna be teaching these young people how to plant and how to grow, the likelihood that these kids are going to turn into gardeners or farmers, you know, may, might happen, but mm-hmm. isn't isn't really what you're using here. I mean, it is, it's kind of a means to an end. And mm-hmm. when you think back to last summer and the transformation, which I know is a heavy word, but I but I, it, it was, I remember sitting mm-hmm. here a year ago and, and listening to you hear, tell the stories of, of, you know, whatever the skills were being taught, they were really a means to an end to give these young people the confidence, the affirmation that they can that they can accomplish whatever it ended up being. So as you think of uh, as you think of you know this next year, what are some of the stories from last year mm. that 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 you're just like okay, if I could if I could engineer this right, I want another one of these stories. You know what I mean? I want I want that mm-hmm. to happen again. You know? Yeah. Um, well, you know the, the like you said, you know we're we're not trying to just have students build something that looks cool. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's great. And, and it makes for a great exhibition at the end. Um, but really what we're, the kind of change that we're looking for is a mindset change, um, is that they come to Genius Labs maybe looking at themselves in a certain way. And then through this ex- transformative experience, come away with a new view of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first and foremost, as having genius, as we help them define over the over the course of the, the time that we're with them, um, that they see their own genius, um, but also that they develop some mindsets like being okay with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. in a new situation. Um, developing empathy for other people and their, um, and their circumstances. Um, through design, um, being um, building right away yeah. and getting their hands getting messy right away yeah. and being okay with the mess. Yeah. Um, so those types of things are really what we're looking forward to. And um, we had we had an individual last year. I, just to just to connect this to a story from last year, um, who. Um, who, who came in, you know, a little uh, maybe reserved, um, kind of stand, you know, not standoffish, but you know, definitely, um, this person had their had their their thing. They were they they were making their own weather, right, when they came in, <laughs> um, and and they also had a, a very um, a, an interest in uh, in coding. Mm. They really wanted to get into that and. and Dr. Wong, when are we going to do the coding? When are we going to do coding? So, you know, by by the time that we got around to it, um, they were just ready to go. They're ready. Yeah. They're they're popping. And and um, and we last year we used these little microcomputers called microbits um, to develop um, a a device that would um, that would encourage or or help someone who is trying to train their genius. Um, so uh, so. They um, they created this uh, this basically a dice that you would roll and the microcomputer on it would 
um, or you would shake it actually, mm-hmm. and um, and the microcomputer would randomly choose a genius activity like you know reading or journaling or um, or practicing. Um, so um, so the the little the little computer would read out to them, okay. um, you know what to do. So um, but. You know, when it came to the exhibition and um, and um, and being able to show their work, you could just kind of see this transformation yeah. of so proud of of this work that I've done. Um, you know, so proud of being part of this place and um, and what it's what it's done. So um, so that was just kind of a, a connection yeah. that I thought of. When well, and it's very tan. Yeah, it's a tangible thing. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. as adults, we, we've done such a good job over the years of self-censoring things and 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 not appreciating just the pure creation of something Mm. you know that a young person can point to and go i did that you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so nasser you are going to be so you're going to be here uh you're on the front lines okay Mm -hmm. you're going to be making the the day-to-day you know kind of relationships with these Mm -hmm. young people and so i would venture to guess in 20 years when i'm interviewing them about people who have influenced their lives people who have been a force for good and for change and for the, all this affirmation that we're talking about they're gonna they're gonna say you they say you know what i had this teacher back in this summer program it was Nessa or whatever you're gonna call me, have make them call you uh-huh, miss coming so who <laughs> miss coming so who were those people for you when you think back yeah. in your upbringing and it could it doesn't have to be when you were really little but like yeah. who are those people that that you're in your mind going okay i'm gonna be like this to these young people yeah, um, there's many, many different examples that I can give. I think that one of the biggest things for me as an educator was was let me be the teacher I never had mm-hmm. um, or that I always yearned for or wanted. Um, growing up in Minnesota, going I went to St. Paul Academy K through nine, and then I went to Central. So my whole experience, I never had black teachers until I went to Hampton. Um, And so I had amazing teachers, um, a lot of amazing teachers, but there was always that piece missing where I I didn't feel fully connected. There were things that they didn't quite understand, or I was too loud, or I talked too much, or things like cultural things that my teachers didn't understand. But what I will say is one, two teachers in particular I had in first grade and second grade um, at SPA, they do... um, first and grade together, third and fourth grade together, just kind of have pairings of like older kids, younger kids, which also we do at Genius Labs. Um, but Lori and Ev, we called them Lori and Ev. We were able to call the teachers by their first names. I don't agree with that, but it's a different story. Um, Lori and Ev were just amazing. And the reason why they were so amazing is that they really created a love of reading in me. Mm. And I'm, I've been an ELA teacher, that's what I teach. I teach reading, I teach writing. And without them, I would not be there. And they just had a very, very strong belief in me. Like they were like, Nesra, you can do this. And at the time when I was in first, second grade, I had a hard time like staying organized and getting my homework turned in or my classwork. And they made accommodations for me, like without my parents having to ask, mm-hmm. without, they were proactive instead of reactive. And that's the kind of teacher and educator and leader that I wanna be, but also being able to teach to every single learner. So Lori and Ev didn't just teach us in front of the chalkboard and and did it lecture style. We had a very free flowing structure like we're bringing to Genius Labs where we had independent work time, where we had drop everything and read, where we had circle time every single morning where we're checking in, where we had um, everyone brought in their parent. And so everyone felt like 
your teammates cared about mm -hmm. what was going on at home and those that loved you. And like, those are all the inputs that make an amazing educator, an amazing just learning experience. And as teachers, I like to say we're like facilitators of learning, which is like, you know, a term a lot of educators use because we're not just teaching you do this, you do this, you do yeah. this. We're facilitating, we're helping facilitate your learning that you're going to do anyway because you have those skills and you have that genius. And so that's really what I want to tap into. And then I'll alley you bit to yeah. um, Mr. Harris because I think he wants to hop <laughs> in there. Well, I'm going to say something that I think is important. This has been a 40 year journey for me. And when I uh, proposed this two years ago, I never imagined how quickly we could get this up and running. And uh, But I want to say that at the basis of all of this is love. And as a faith-based organization in this city, we lead with love. Uh, and I, I, I think there's some components that parents need to know. Um, research that um, Douglas Belton and I did a few years ago looking at what parents, how they're experiencing the school system. One of the themes that kept coming on, I wish I wish my kids just could feel that they were loved. Mm -hmm. And so I, of course, had that experience in the old school way when you would call me Mr. Harris and they would <laughs> address me. But they also called us Mr. and Miss. Um, but to lead with love, mm -hmm. to learn with love, to live with love, and ultimately to parent with love. And that, those are the elements that support raising a genius. And so this year, as Nezra and Dr. Wong have said, we are beginning to engage parents in a much more robust way around what does it mean to raise a genius at the same time as students are discovering their genius. And ultimately, we probably believe that some parents may be discovering their genius for the first time in the way that we interact with that. And there's more of that that's gonna be announced here this summer, but we're very excited about our extension of love into the whole family around the concept of genius. Yeah, yeah, no, so well said. And so, um, so as a testament to how long Rounds and I have known each other, that was, so he literally like asked my last question for all of you. So thank you for that, Ben, because my last question was gonna be, was gonna be, and so now I'm, you got a little time to stall. He's taking the word love off the table. So the last question is gonna be, if you could sum up your, 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 both your wish for this summer with Genius Labs, but also if someone's listening now and they're like, you know, I'm, I, you know I, I still don't really, I kind of get it, but I don't really get it. But if you could just leave them with one word, what would it be? So Reynolds Anthony took the word love off the table so that you can't mm -hmm. say that anymore. So now mm -hmm. your, your job is mm -hmm. a little bit harder, but, mm -hmm. but I so agree with that. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, I think, just that, that's such, it's at the core of, mm -hmm. I mean, Really, you could apply that to pretty much anything. So anyway, uh, so you know what, we'll talk, we'll, we'll start with Dr. Wong. What's your one word to compliment now uh, what Reynolds is throwing out there with love? Well, you know, I'll go ahead and, and um, I'll go back to our, our, uh, our metaphor mm -hmm. here of, of the garden. And, you know, the word that I'm thinking of is bloom. Mm -hmm. I would love to see blooming in, um, in, in this space to see individuals bloom, to see the whole garden bloom, um, that, you know, not, not just growth, but actually getting all the way to that flowering, opening up and, you know, mm -hmm. seeing and, and seeing the sunshine. So, um, and, and that happens everywhere, you know, yeah. if you look close enough, um, 
even, you know, I was just doing some research for for our curriculum and, you know, apparently there are, are blooms, there are super bloom events even in Death Valley. So mm-hmm. even in the places where you think of as having the least amount of rain, the most amount mm-hmm. of heat, um, the most intense conditions, there um, there's the, the capacity for super blooming events. Yeah. So um, so I hope that, that that's my wish for Genius Labs is, uh, uh, is that we bloom. That's awesome. Nessera, how about you? Well, using my two teammates' amazing adjectives, I will say my adjective is joy because as the scholars bloom and as we show them love, we want to also infuse joy into all that we do. And like we, we did an activity where we talked about as a team where we talked about what's our core value. Yeah. And um, I think mine was love. So you stole my Mr. Harris. But <laughs> my second one is joy um, because without joy, we have absolutely nothing. And I want kids, as you said, to walk away from this and say, I grew, I bloomed, I learned, I was loved on, and I had fun and was joyful while doing it. Like, my biggest goal is I want you to run to Genius Labs every day. Like, I want you to not drag your feet and mom, dad. No, I want you to run. Like, I cannot wait to see what we have in store today for Genius Labs. Um, And so joy is the core value and just the adjective and the thing I want kids to walk away with at the end of this summer. I cannot wait uh, for the young people and their families to experience Genius Labs. Part two, uh, I want to thank uh, Dr. Jeremy Wong, Reynolds Anthony Harris, and most importantly, Nazar Cummings uh, for the role that you've taken on in this, in this wonderful work and very impactful work. Uh, and thank you all for tuning in here to another episode of our GMCC Masterful Collaborations podcast. St- literally stay tuned for more to come with, uh, with Genius Labs because I think uh, we'll be here in another year, if not sooner. So thanks again to all of you. Thank you. Thanks,